1: Yo, what's happening, Rush Nation? Today's episode is brought to you by Podcorn. Podcorn is the new innovative way of connecting brands to podcasters. Podcasters can earn money by partnering with brands that they feel match their image. As a podcaster, like us, you can choose the brands you want to promote, set your own price and schedule and have more freedom to advertise like never before. You also get paid quickly with payments through PayPal, typically taking 24 hours to land in your account. So if you're looking to sponsorship your podcast, try Podcorn today and start seeing a boost to your revenue. Visit podcorn.com for more information and again we thank podcorn for sponsoring today's show. Hey everyone, Scott Hansen here from NFL Red Zone. I hope you're checking out 1 hour of 5 yard rushed, one of the best podcasts on NFL football in the UK. What up Rush Nation, it's Tuesday, we're back, new week That was fun wasn't it what was,
0: that? what was that? That
1: was me going Yosemite Sam on the video Well I haven't done it before, it just came to me Oh like uh, a...
0: yeah, I mean that If that's like going to be a new thing
1: No it's not, I probably won't use it again oh, So if you're not watching the video You know, YouTube, check us out, 5 Yard Rush You're going to miss me Yosemite Sam in it.
0: I don't know what Yosemite Sam is
1: Shut the front, what?
0: No, I don't know what it is He's the Looney Tunes guy with the big hat and the moustache. Ah,
1: uh, okay, well, yeah, the the Yosemite Sam.
0: I didn't know that was his name. I know what you mean though. Okay.
1: Yeah, not Elmer Fudd. Yosemite Sam.
0: Elmer Fudd was a legend.
1: Yeah, but he was stupid.
0: Mm, I like to call him misrepresented. They're yeah. the ones you got to watch out for. The ones that come across as a bit dim, like Rob Gronkowski.
1: <laughs> I'm not sure he's going to enjoy that. <laughs> I'm sorry, Mr. Gronkowski, if you want to, well, to weird like, podcast. Like, well,
0: I mean, by everyone thinks he's a bit thick, but he ended up having one of the most successful careers of all time. And now he hosts loads of parties.
1: I mean, the dude's doing it right. Don't get me wrong. That's
0: what I mean. Everyone underrates him. But listen, he's he, in the game of life, Rob Gronkowski is winning. That is what I meant. I meant no offense. I mean, he is underestimated as an intellectual mind of our generation.
1: Okay. Okay.
0: That's what I meant by I wonder it. if Elmer Fudd
1: like, ever won.
0: I reckon he did. They just wrote it out. Like edited, it was just all edited out. So all the times he did win, they just edited it out because it wasn't good for the narrative. It's like VAR, you know, like the way VAR takes away goals and ruins the game. Oh no! So it's just all scripted. How was
1: this fashion. kept in?
0: Well, because I, I took it there. Um, Elmer Fudd's like like that. It's just every time he wins, he just gets cut out, and no one ever sees it.
1: Oh, imagine being the Elmer Fudd character and every time you turn the telly on, damn it, I'm not in another episode. I definitely got the bunny. I got him. I <laughs> promise, kids. I really did. I got him. Just there.
0: statistical odds says he would catch him every X amount of times. I haven't done the maths on it, but...
1: No, because Tom and Jerry. Tom never gets Jerry.
0: I, same scenario. I reckon he did and they cut it out because it ruined the narrative of the show.
1: Okay. I mean, it was a formula that worked for them, so why they'd let it actually happen. There's the end of Jerry. Tom and Jerry's dead the moment, Jerry, because Cats, you know, they are back. Yeah. What was that word? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I dropped one. You won't hear it in the pod. Anyway. Ah, I got involved. That was heated. It was heated. We did the first part of the quarterbacks last week, Murph, and we're going to do the second part right now. Yeah, we are. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed last week's show immensely.
0: Oh, good. So, no, I, I loved it. It's a, a lot of work to put into, but um, it is good. It's good to do it. It made a few things clear in my mind that I didn't have. We dropped one of the twelve we're going to talk about today. So I'm only going to cover him. I'm going to lightly gloss,
1: just a, a sprinkle of the Jones. A little
0: sprinkle of the Jones. That's the one.
1: Okay, I'm down with that. I'm down with that. Well, you know, last week we uh, we did the news in a flash by, and we're going to do it again because I enjoyed the format immensely.
0: That and let's be honest, none of it's really great although if you could slow down for the last item and just spend a bit of time it is the biggest item on here just because i can't get enough of news like it
1: okay and uh, just so you know Rush Nation. looking at the news doc the last one is quite a mouthful to try and power through anyway yeah so i will take my time
0: but power through the rest and there is one item don't forget that isn't on here that you need to mention yeah first. i was going to say
1: actually we should mention that the news today is brought to you by HelmetHouse.co.uk our feature sponsor of the news every week going forward.
0: Absolutely. Great guys over there.
1: Mm -hmm. So if you are in the need for a signed helmet and don't want to pay Pristine Auctions extortionate shipping and taxes, head over to helmethouse.co.uk, get yourself a signed lid.
0: Absolutely. Maybe you'll get, if you're a fan of the Who Dat Nation, you can, uh, you know, pop over there and... uh...
1: Absolute professional, Mr. Murph. Go on then, drop it. You mentioned it.
0: So Drew Brees is going to be coming back for the 2020 season. He dropped on Instagram that he's looking forward to it.
1: Did he actually? M- oh, you yeah, did. He said. Yeah, he did. I was going to say, did, did he, he actually he... mention the Saints or is he suddenly going to be like bass fishing? No, and no he's one back. knew about it, so
0: they're going to have to rework his deal because um, he's owed. I think it's something in the region like 20 or 30 million against mm. the cap. Nice already. So he's already owed that, and then they're going to have to restructure his deal to incorporate all this so how they're going to stagger that money going forward I don't know but yeah they'll they'll make it work so he will be back for the 2020 season the Saints will manipulate the cap system once again um, but they'll find a way to make it work and pay the piper eventually so it should be another season for Drew Brees to get some more paper certificates on the field and to stop games unnecessarily and for him to make the playoffs and not win a Super Bowl
1: hmm Had to, didn't you?
0: I couldn't help it. (laughs) (laughs) I like Drew Brees. Well, not enough, obviously. I just think he's overrated. Drew,
1: stay away. Come on. Don't put Murph through it again. (laughs) Good Lord. Right, Rush Nation. Here comes your speed round. Brown's new GM has got his sword out and has cut cornerback TJ Carey along with three others. Those three others are tight end Demetrius Harris, guard Eric Kush, and linebacker Adarius Taylor. The Cardinals have agreed to a three year deal with offensive tackle DJ Humphreys. The Cardinals and Humphreys agreed to a three year, forty-five million dollar deal, according to NFL Network's Mike Garofolo. The new contract will pay Humphreys thirty million over the first two years and twenty-nine million guaranteed. Cash it in, son, that is a decent day off.
0: Yeah, that's a decent wedge. Good
1: lord. <laughs> Melvin Gordon thinks Philip Rivers will sign with the Colts. Gordon believes Indy will be the choice, but made it clear during an interview last week on CBS Sports with Aditi. Nah, I've not got that. <laughs> I've not got that.
0: I'm not going to lie. King... I left the name in there yeah. hoping that he would stumble.
1: Do you know uh, King Kawabala? Yeah, that'll do. And uh, Andrea Kramer that he has no inside information. Mike Tomlin says, no hesitation that Big Ben will play week one. And he also said, uh, once a stealer, always stealer about Antonio Brown.
0: Well, wasn't he also a Buffalo Bill, an Oakland Raider, a New England Patriot? We technically he wasn't a Bill, but I like to remember him as the time that he was a Bill for about 15 minutes.
1: Somebody had that shirt made, you (laughs) know.
0: 100%.
1: The Ravens are going to cut Tony Jefferson, or cutting Tony Jefferson after three seasons.
0: Spoiler, I believe... From no sources or anything at all, he ends up in Tampa. Okay. That's where I think his destination is. It would make sense.
1: And then finally, I will slow it down a notch or two. Jaguars quarterback Gardner Minshew flew with the Air Force Thunderbirds last month and Lieutenant Colonel Kevin DeFalco raved about how Minshew handled the potentially jarring nature of the flight. He stated, we were pretty excited that Gardner took us up on our offer. DeFalco told the Florida Times Union. He did fantastic. He did really well. You could tell he was very motivated. Most of our maneuvers require high G-force pulls and he did a great job. I was very impressed. On a 1 to 10 scale, I'll give him a 10 overall. He was loving all the maneuvers. Some people get a little bit nervous, but he was not nervous at all.
0: That is the most off season news ever.
1: Gardner Minshew has lived his life this off season. He's
0: also going around the country in an RV. That's what I'm saying.
1: <laughs> Dude's living life and then suddenly he's just flying planes.
0: Gardner Minshew, for me, when I'm looking at quarterback rankings, goes up a tier just for that.
1: <laughs> well, he didn't. Is he in tier two? Uh, did he make the second tier? No. Ah. Yes, he did. Oh, he did. Yeah, so, he did. Gardner, welcome to the top tier. Tom well,
0: yeah. I there's tiers within that tier.
1: What way to confuse everyone.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's that's how it works.
1: Goodness gracious. We me. can't be
0: the same tier as Kirk Cousins, spoiler.
1: Alright. Okay, fair. Talking of tiers. Well we do tier two of the quarterback stuff.
0: Yep, sounds good. So just as a recap, we're gonna go through and look at quarterbacks. Um we did one through twelve and spoiler we did twenty two in Daniel Jones last year week as well
1: no, we did 13
0: so we did 13 Daniel Jones is 22 yeah you know what I mean uh, he was ranked 22 uh, we talked about the number of uh, MVP games bus games solid games that those players had to look and identify some trends so those players were Lamar Jackson Sean Watson Dak Prescott James Winston Russell Wilson Josh Allen Kyler Murray Patrick Mahomes Matt Ryan Carson Wentz Aaron Jones Oh, Aaron Rodgers. Aaron same, Jones. Same, 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 same team. Same team. Whatever. Both called Aaron. Both brothers. And Tom both Brady. Brothers. <laughs> oh, no.
1: Oh, goodness me. And then Tom Brady was
0: 12. <laughs> Tom Brady was 12. So, <laughs> <laughs> that's has got you. Both brothers. Both called Aaron.
1: Oh, plug me back in, someone.
0: That's how it works. So, we're going to plug into... I'm going to use that... You start to swing across. Stocks is gone. So, we're going to start with um, Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins finished 13 overall. He finished uh, just about five and a half points behind Tom Brady um, over 15 games in the fantasy season. But as his season broke down, and what you're going to see is a trend between the quarterbacks that finished between 1 and 12 and 13 and 24. Is the number of bus games they had. Massively increased. Um, So Kirk Cousins only had two. MVP games. So 13.33% of the time. Was an MVP game. Just to remind you. An MVP game by this metric is 25 points plus. A solid game in which Kirk Cousins had 5 of those. Is 16.1 points to 24.9 points. And a bus game in which Kirk Cousins had 8 of them. Was 16 points or below. Now. I got a little bit of flack for the way that I've done these tiers. Um, Some people came at Twitter and said, feel that 16 points is quite a high threshold for a bust. And that really, it shouldn't be called a bust term. Now, the reason that I set the threshold at 16 points and below is that I measured the average points scored by the QB17 each week on the season. And sometimes it fluctuated. Uh, 16 points would be the QB 14, but sometimes it'd be the QB 19. Right. So overall across the season, the QB 17 scored on average 16 points. So that's why I took the marker. And the reason that's a bust is if you have a quarterback and he is playing as a second half, basically a second tier QB as in 16, 17 and below as in that over half the field is better than him. Mm-hmm. That for me is a bust.
1: So that's your Andy Dalton line.
0: Basically, yeah. <laughs> it's if I drawn an Andy Dalton line, I picked everyone behind the Andy Dalton line in terms of finishes that week. And I've done that by putting a points metric, which is why I did 16 um, and why I've got to that. I didn't just pull the number out of uh, thin air. Because <laughs> the reason I say it's a bust and why it's because your propensity to play somebody higher than that as in, someone who finishes a top half QB is quite high. Mm-hmm. So, given the draft position, talent that people have, so most likely if you played the QB 17 on the week or worse, which is how I've measured it with 16 points, chances are your QB lost that head to head matchup versus the other QB more often than not, not always, and that you had a statistically harder chance of winning matchups. So, that's why for me it's a bust um whereas a solid game was uh a qb that would finish anywhere between the qb 16 and the qb sort of like anywhere between four and six on average okay.
1: um
0: because we just wanted it to be they didn't lose your week They didn't win your week Whereas the qb one to four performance 25 points plus more likely led you to potentially winning your week again not always that was kind of the how you the, got there? Yeah, that's how I came up with the with the maths on it. So Kirk Cousins over half the time busted, fifty three point three percent of the time. So even though he was the QB thirteen on the season, he still busted a lot. And so what this is, what this is going to start to tell you because there's a common theme. Everybody in this list, with the exception of Ryan Tannehill and Drew Brees that we talked about, and Gardner Minshew, all bust <laughs> six times or more across the and most of them are more than 6 so the reason that's important to say is that all these QBs are not unless you can identify potential trends or you can look at what they're doing so we mentioned that daniel jones is someone who is bound for progression because he finished with four mvp games if you listen to last week's show um but only one solid game so for him to move from the six bus games he had over 12 games if he puts a couple more in the solid and, and keeps the MVP level, that MVP level goes up, he had the opportunity to win you weeks. And then, yeah, okay, he lost you more weeks and he won you. But he had almost no, he had one solid game.
1: Mm.
0: So he was either boom or bust. There was nothing in the middle. That's not sustainable. Likely performances are going to go to the middle. And more inclined to think with more experience, better talent, better coaching, it's those bust games that will drive him to the middle, which can see him go up. With Kirk Cousins, he only had two MVP games. So he's not an option, really, for me in one QB leagues moving forward. He'll have some solid weeks, but he's more likely to bust. Mm. So, again, when I'm starting to think about QBs I want to distance myself from, Kirk Cousins, even though he finished 13th overall, is someone that I really don't want to get involved with. And then, spoiler alert to next week's uh, article that I'm going to be releasing on, on quarterbacks with the... Um, Points above streaming metric, which I explained in today's column that we published. To look at Kirk Cousins, he finished, behind my metric, 4.51 points per week worse than me streaming quarterbacks at 30% or less off the waiver wire every week
1: especially in in normal leagues where you have one quarterback, two running backs, two wide receivers and a tight end. Those they're often close weeks, aren't they? Absolutely. So that four points could make the four big difference. Four and a half points,
0: yeah. So if you can if you, if that is telling me that I can stream somebody at four and a half points above what what Cousins is going to give me. So why would I draft him? If I can anticipate a good matchup for him, I might be more inclined to pick him up and play him for a week. But it's a 16-week option, even though he finishes the QB30. And people will look at this. So people will typically look at how points finishes and think, oh, Cousins, he's only five points behind Brady, which means Brady will regress and Kirk Cousins should slightly improve. So he's going to be a QB1 next year. Even if he is, if you look at the breakdowns over matchups, he was poor. He didn't win you fantasy weeks. Mm. He lost you a lot of games. So actually, Kirk Cousins isn't a viable option moving forward, and that's the same with Jimmy Garoppolo. So Jimmy Garoppolo finished less than two points behind Kirk Cousins overall for the entire season. Yep. So he averaged point one two points a game less than Kirk Cousins,
1: which is nothing.
0: We zero. It's uh, I think it's like five yards. Oh no, it's not even that. Oh, it's like four that's yards.
1: That's a good number. It's
0: like four. <laughs> About, it's somewhere between three and four yards in passing. That's all it would have been. So a flick. Or one yard. Yeah, basically. That was the difference between them. Jimmy Garoppolo finished the season at number 14 QB with three MVP games, so one better than Cousins. He only had two solid games. He had 10 bust games. 10. That's ridiculous. And that tied the worst performance among the top 24. So he busted two thirds of his games. So, again, when I'm looking at QBs for next year, everyone's looking at Jimmy Garoppolo went to the Super Bowl. Okay, he didn't have a great Super Bowl, but, Mm -hmm. you know, he put together some good games in there. Nope. (laughs) He had three outstanding games that vaulted him into the 14th position. But his production week to week wasn't sustainable. 10 bus games. So, two thirds of the time, he just absolutely killed you. Stunk. Yeah. So, Jimmy Garoppolo, for me, definitely not. An, an asset of something that I ever want anywhere near my team
1: yeah, and even, again if, if even in Superflex I want to be staying away from him
0: absolutely and to give you an idea so we talked about Kirk Cousins minus 4.151 uh, points below my streaming model every week Jimmy Garoppolo was giving up minus 4.64 points again because there's not much uh, points difference over over the season so he was still giving up over four and a half points a game to me streaming people off the waiver every week so once again Not an option that is really viable moving forward. And okay, there might be some lines for positive regression, but it's the stability week to week. And 10 bus games, that's a lot to have to ask to rebound. So he's someone I would completely fade. Now this next quarterback is someone who I think, I'm not massively high on, but I think There is some real line for the regression here. And he's someone I would definitely take over Cousins and Garoppolo. So that's Jared Goff. And Jared Goff finished 12 points behind Cousins. He finished 10 points behind uh, Jimmy Garoppolo. He finished on 238 points for the season, an average of 15.89 points per game. Now, Jared Goff we saw went to the Super Bowl the year before. We saw there was a lot of things wrong with that offensive line. He definitely had a lot of bad games. He turned the ball over. We talked a lot about how he would turn the ball over a lot. A lot. And that was a big issue. Um, ultimately, Jared Goff only had one MVP week all season, which was a massive problem. He did have eight solid weeks, though. And then he had six bus games. Yeah. So over half the time, he put in a solid game. So he wasn't killing you that often.
1: So if he was your super flex, it was a much better idea to have him than Cousins or Garoppolo as your Superflex. Yeah, absolutely. Because he provided you with somewhat of a safe flourish.
0: Absolutely. And you know that this was just a bad season for the Rams. This was a bad season for Goff. Mm-hmm. And there is some regression, positive regression, potentially lined up here. I can see some of those bust games going into solids. I can see some of those solid games going into MVP games. Um, just because that the way that... It's the way that numbers kind of work out, you know you're looking at one eight and six. It's quite possible to see eight solid games become six solid games and then it turns into three m v p games and busts might go one and that might be one more solid game. That's not outside the realms of possibility yeah, yeah. um he he just and the other thing that was really interesting was when they realized how vital the tight end position was because let's be honest up until midway through last season. The Super Bowl season didn't really use tight ends. The season before didn't really use tight ends. They relied on Gurley. They relied on Cooper Cup, Robert Woods, Brandon Cooks. Cooks pretty much finished, and we'll we'll get to him when we do the wide receivers, and as well as we'll get to Cup and and Woods. But his points per game average, Jared Goff went up significantly when Tyler Higbee was involved. So mm-hmm. clearly they've worked out that they need to get the ball down the middle a bit more, and they need to use the tight end, whether that's Higbee, whether that's Everett. I'd expected to be Higby. I think he's kind of won that job, but you don't really know until you get training camp, etc. As long as they've realised that they need to bolster the offensive line a little bit, which that offensive line can't be any worse because it was it was dreadful. Mm-hmm. And they use the tight end. There is definitely room for Garrett, Jared Goff's numbers to go up. Am I saying Jared Goff is someone who's going to be a top five QB next year? Probably not. But he is someone that in a superflex league. Even if I was really stuck in a one QB league and I just faded the position, he's not a bad ad. He's not going to be stellar, but as you said, he's got a safer floor than everybody else, and I think that's a big. I think that's a big thing. Yeah, I
1: think also in Superflex as well, he, you could almost bank on his cost being a little bit less as your second QB. So he might go, you know, a round or two later than perhaps Garoppolo did because he got to the Super Bowl or Kirk Cousins because he's on a a high-flying offense, as you say. And then Jared Goff might be there a round later where you might be able to get one more position before sna- yeah. snaffling up Goff.
0: I just look at these, these QBs we're going to talk about around this sort of 13 to 18 range. And for me, there isn't a better option than Jared Goff um, in terms of stability, in terms of... And then I would look at Jared Goff over someone like Tom Brady... Who we don't know, we probably expect him to be up at the Patriots next year, but he's got virtually no upside. And then even though Jared Goff had the same amount of MVP games as, in fact, if you look at the breakdown, Brady and Jared Goff had the exact same number of games in each category. One, eight and six. So they're exactly the same. It was just a case of Jared Goff's, Uh, solid games scored a little bit less and then he had games that he was scoring one point I think he had a game he scored minus points Mm -hmm. um, due to those turnovers which I think if you fix the offensive line they will positively regress
1: yeah yeah and if Jared Goff is turning it over less his average points per game will go up even if he finishes with the same stat line of good poor and bust games and then He should see a jump up the shelf Yeah, but
0: I think he'll get more MVP-type games next year. That is a high-powered offense, and he's definitely the guy. The situation helps. The weapons aren't going to change too much, so it's, again, more familiarity of offense. It's just a case of they need to sort the running game out because that was virtually non-existent for large parts last year, Mm -hmm. and that's something they need to address, and they need to address the offensive line. And if they can do that, use the tight end, I would expect to see more from Jared Goff in, in 2020. Next one, talk about number sixteen is Philip Rivers. Uh, to, he finished actually just point uh, six of a point behind uh, Jared Goff, so it was only point zero four points a game difference. But M- Phil Rivers had zero MVP games; <laughs> it's zero games of twenty five points above. He had seven solid games and eight bust games, so he offers you no upside.
1: But he might offer you nothing, not even downside. Yeah, I mean, he
0: might not play. He's a free agent in real life, and he's a free agent for me in fantasy football. He's not someone I want to touch anywhere. Again, match-up dependent. I might pick him up on a stream, depending on who he's with and who he might play. But he had great offensive weapons. You had Keenan Allen. You had Melvin Gordon. You had Mike Williams. You had Austin Eckler. um, Hunter Henry. Yes, is he going to get a better situation than that this year? No. No. So, how are his numbers going to be anything beyond what they are? Other than the fact he might play on the team, maybe, with a better offensive line.
1: But then might not have the weapons to...
0: Exactly. So, I don't... That deep ball magic's kind of gone with him. I mean, the other thing is, on the PAS metric, he was costing you 5.35 points a game over the stream. So, again, quite a hefty amount you're giving up here uh, over the stream. Uh, I just, for me, I don't want any part of Rivers. There's there's zero upside. There's just nothing but downside. Those numbers are tanking hard and fast. And even if he throws less interceptions, I can't see him throwing more touchdowns and more yardage. So there is nowhere to go with Rivers other than, it, for me, his best-case scenario is we talk about him a year from now, and he's the 16th best quarterback. I had him at 17 coming into the season, and he very mean I was off by five points in the end. Um, <laughs> so I, I don't—I just don't see where I can model him. I mean, it's hard because we don't know where he's going and if he plays, but i just stay rid um, and just deal with better. There's better options than that.
1: I don't see why, if you were Tampa, you'd want him.
0: No, Tampa fans don't want him. No. Um, because there's no upside to Phil Rivers. There's there's zero. He's a nice guy. And he might be a good mentor to a draft QB. That's about it. That's about what he's offering you. But his play on the field is not going to give you anything in 2020. No, no, no. Um, So I don't like Phil Rivers from a fantasy perspective uh, next season. Next QB is Derek Carr. He also had zero MVP games. Uh, Five solid games. He also had 10 bus games. Same with Jimmy Garoppolo. I mean, just absolutely terrible.
1: He was not very good.
0: <laughs> um, part of that is losing your prized weapon in Antonio Brown before the start of the season doesn't help.
1: Prized? Like he'd been there for a while. <laughs> well, but it's if you a look at. The show pony you never showed.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, but absolutely. But if you look at the difference between him and then Tyrell Williams and Hunter Renfro, I mean, it's, it's, it's a huge gap.
1: There's a golf.
0: Yeah. And. And that that didn't help, but he made um, years. Tight end. Darren Waller. He made Darren Waller relevant. Um, potentially made Hunter Renfro and Tyrell Williams. How dare you relevant? Yeah, but I mean, He's I'm talking about boy. they put up good numbers, but not. I mean, Darren Waller was the only one who made brilliant numbers, right? So. Mm-hmm. Um. Again, similar to Rivers, there's no upside there. It's nothing but downside. He is an undraftable prospect for me. So again, if you're looking at this and you're stuck in this realm of QBs to rate and and rank, I mean, there's just better options. At this point, I'd rather take a flyer on a rookie or even someone like Sam Darnold or someone like that. Um, there's a couple of guys below this level that I'm far more interested in. So for me, Cousins, Garoppolo, Rivers, Carr, you should forget about them. Just forget about where they finished and look at the breakdown of games. It's just not good. There's guys that are coming up now that I can plead more of a case for going forward and I'll explain why.
1: I think Phil Rivers is going to possibly head down to Florida to earn a bit of money and we've always been talking about ways that we can possibly try and score a bit more money for the podcast Murph so you know we want to give back to the listener we want to provide them with a bit more and and trying to earn a bit more money it's not one of one of our main goals but it's something we are looking to do
0: yeah definitely that that's exactly what we want to do
1: so we're going to talk to you about Podcorn so Podcorn is a new and innovative way to connect brands to podcasters
0: cool so what does that mean? Are we going to drop an ad spot talking about Manscaped like every other pod out there?
1: No, but the Lawnmower 2.0 does sound good. <laughs> and because we podcorn, there's no middleman. Podcasters of all sizes, like us, little or big, like, name a big one. The biggest podcast you know.
0: Fantasy footballers?
1: Yeah, they're pretty big. It means they can all choose opportunities right for their platform, set their own rates and collaborate with brands directly without any exclusivities. So when we were looking for sponsors for this show, we were looking for companies that would fit with our audience, our brand, and Podcorn also practices what they preach. They advertise themselves on their own platform. Here they are.
0: Definitely. And in all honesty, when I first heard about Podcorn, I thought... Um, they were just like all the other advertising platforms out there and we would have the same sponsors as all the other podcasts that we listen to and we hear the same three or four sponsors going on and on. But when I saw actually other podcasts out there were sponsoring for ad spots themselves, um, there were also loads of other choices where uh, we could find sponsors that actually fit our audience like Podcorn themselves. I knew it was different.
1: 100%. No more best fiends here, Rush Nation. It was so easy for us to sign up. We just signed up, set our details in, picked the brands we wanted to partner with, wrote a short blurb about why we thought we would be a good fit, set our price, and that was it. It was really easy.
0: Yeah, and people get back to you on the platform really quickly, Mm -hmm. so you can choose the shows that you're putting the adverts in as well. So we selected today's show to put these adverts in. Uh, I'm glad that not only Podcorn has helped us find sponsors, but they also sponsored us for this segment as well.
1: Damn straight they did. So we would like to thank Podcorn for sponsoring today's show. To find out more details, visit the link in our show notes or visit podcorn.com for more information. Right, Murph, back to the quarterbacks. Let's talk some Ryan Fitz magic, baby.
0: Ryan Fitzmagic, one of my favourite QBs in the uh, NFL. So he finished in 18th place, um, 230 points on the season. Um, he played... Played in 14 games, but he actually only started um, 13 of them. But one of them he got benched and didn't play a full game. So really we're looking at... It's, that's gone down as a bus game, but really in all actuality, it's 12 full games that we're looking at as a sample. Because <laughs> um, that other game, he came in for Josh Rosen, who yep. was benched. Um, and it was a bit dicey at the beginning, and actually what we found was Fitzpatrick was poor when he first came in because there was that instability of am I playing this week, am I not playing this week? And it really was difficult to get going. But once he had a run of games, his uh, points per game massively shot up and then towards the end of the season, he was on fire. Mm-hmm. Um, this doesn't include his games, uh, his game against the Patriots, which again would have been an MVP game because um, he had an excellent game against the, against the Patriots. So that's a game that wasn't there because... We don't count week 17 because who plays fantasy football in week 17, right? Um, He Mm. finished with two MVP games, four solid games and seven bust games. We kind of explained why most of those busts were towards the beginning of the run. Um, But also, you know, he's as we know with Ryan Fitzpatrick, we have enough body of work to know that he has incredible games and he has poor games. Um, He did have quite a few solid games in there, which is, is good to see. For me, he is definitely a streamable option while he's a starter for the Miami Dolphins. I would expect him to start a few games next year. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Depends on the situation with the quarterback that they take, um, uh, how ready they are. Does he play the entire season? Does he play half a season? Nobody really knows at this stage. So He's not someone you're going to be drafting in a fantasy football draft in August or July or whenever you do draft. But he's someone that you want to keep an eye on For potentially the schedule. And if the Miami Dolphins schedule in the opening weeks of the season is pretty soft. Maybe instead of drafting, say, a kicker. Maybe draft him. um, And look at someone who you can stream in the opening weeks. He could be a very good streamable asset. Yes. uh, In the early weeks. He takes advantage of bad defenses and... I think, for me, he's someone that I'm more interested in taking on a game-by-game basis than someone like uh, Phil Rivers, Derek Carr, Jimmy Garoppolo yeah, uh, by a mile. So he's someone that, that is interesting. Number 19 might be the most interesting person in this list. Um, it's Baker Mayfield. He finished uh, 227 points off 15 games. Um, finished with an average of 15.14 point point, uh, Points per game. Mm-hmm. He had zero MVP games. He had seven solid games And eight bus games. It
1: was not meant to be this way, was it? Really,
0: not meant to be this way. Then this is someone who, in his rookie year, set all kind of rookie records. Um, offensive coordinator's gone. Head coach has gone. GM has gone mm-hmm. as a result of what happened last season. Yeah, he has weapons that people can only dream about. Yeah, you know, he's Jarvis Landry. He's uh, Odell Beckham Jr. He has Nick Chubb. He has kareem hunt um you know he has weapons galore david and juku david and juku uh if he if he's fit so he has unbelievable weapons that he can go against the one thing that is slightly alarming with baker mayfield was even in that rookie season he only had one mvp game so in his entire nfl career of two seasons 30 starts (laughs) Or 30 games. He's had one MVP game. Really? Yeah. The other thing that worries me. Is that. That was against the Bengals. Shock. Which is fine. But. Three of his eight best games. For fantasy football. Have come against the Bengals.
1: So what you're saying is. Fire up your Baker Mayfields. Against Cincinnati baby. Yeah.
0: Basically. (laughs) It says that. Even though Baker Mayfield. Maybe. Baker Mayfield is interesting. Because. Whilst I do expect there to be some positive regression, I don't expect there to see a huge amount of MVP games. Mm. So I don't want people to sit here and think that, oh well, he had a bad season; he's going to regress the other way. I think it will happen, but I don't think he's going to go from. I don't think he's going to go from zero to, to seven. I think he, he might get two or three, but I don't see a high ceiling there. So he, for me, is very similar to like a, almost like a Tom Brady. If Tom Brady plays in New England next year, I think they're going to be very close in <laughs> terms of what they put together. I don't think it's going to be pretty. I don't think it's going to be... But the one thing with Tom Brady and the one thing about Baker Mayfield potentially is they're not going to lose you a lot of games. So when you're sitting there thinking about... He he was rated far too high last year. People, he was coming off the board as the QB5.
1: Yeah,
0: Don't automatically think, because he has these amazing weapons, he's going to go and be the QB uh, the QB5. I think you need to set his ceiling as the QB 11, QB 12. And I think that's his ceiling. In in fantasy football, I'm not talking about real life. I'm not saying he's not a QB. But in real life for me, (laughs) that is his his ceiling. Until he shows me otherwise. And the only way he can do that is put MVP games on the board. But even when things were going unbelievably well for Baker Mayfield and he was setting all these records, he still only had one MVP game and it was against the hatless Bengals even this season when he played the Bengals twice when they were winless for so long of the season didn't put an MVP game up that worries me Mm. even though the coaching staff's gone we know that it's going to it's going to positively regress but I don't want to sit here and say he's going to shoot a rocket ship because there is nothing he has done in 30 games in fantasy football that suggests he's going to do it
1: that's mad would not have put that down that way
0: I mean when you look at that draft class and we mentioned this last week, him, Rosen, um and Darnold are only responsible for three MVP games. And all the others between the twenty eighteen quarterbacks are between Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson. Yeah. Who were easily ranked fourth and fifth on those on those people's draft boards. So, Baker Mayfield is someone that is interesting. He's someone I would take over, potentially. Kirk Cousins a Jimmy Garoppolo, uh, Philip Rivers. I, I put him almost in the same sort of tier. In fact, I put him below Goff. If I was to do my rankings today, yeah. I would put Jared Goff above him just because I trust that offense. I trust them to, to rebound a bit more. They know where they went wrong. You know you can fix those solutions. You can draft a running back, um, and you can fix the O-line. I don't see where Baker Mayfield goes from one MVP game in 30 to more than two or three in a season. So,
1: I would definitely have put Mayfield above Goff in my rankings, but now I'm not so sure.
0: Yeah, and and that's what I mean. By doing this sort of exercise and looking at his game-by-game history, there's nothing to suggest he's going to have a relatively safe floor, but I can't see him shooting for the stars. So he's someone I'd bring in on a stream week. Mm Mm-hmm to give me a safe floor and maybe an exploit a matchup against the Bengals or someone like that but I'm not someone who I'm going to be looking at at least in 2020 now I could root a day for this and be wrong I can only look at the data that's presented so far and it is a smallish sample size for a QB at the very start of his career yeah. but there isn't a lot for me to bet on him being a top QB over the likes of Kyler Murray who we talked about last week So, when I'm looking at QBs I would rather have, I look at last season's top nine. Jackson, Watson, Prescott, Winston, Wilson, Allen, Murray, Mahomes, Ryan. I would automatically, without hesitation, take any of those nine over Baker Mayfield. And then I'm thinking Goff, Wentz, Rodgers, Brady.
1: Yep. Pitsy, that one's for you, mate. Pull your car over, get your notebook out, and write that one down. Pure gold, buddy.
0: (laughs) Absolutely. Um, So we move on to number 20. This is a really interesting QB to talk about, which is Jacoby Brissett. He played 14 games. He finished uh, nine points uh, behind Baker Mayfield. So he's someone that, if he played that extra game, would have finished above Baker Mayfield. Um, He finished with one MVP game, seven solid games, six bust games. Um He's a solid option. He's better than Jimmy G. He's better than Derek Kai, He's better than Phil Rivers. But he might not have a job. If press is to be believed next year. He's someone that could be a bit of an issue. Um, Slow and steady. Again, he is a stream safe first play. He's not someone you should be drafting. Regardless of what happens. Even if he's the starter next year. In Indy. I like Brissette. I think he's a good player. Don't have anything against him other than the fact that he's just not going to get you big, big points.
1: He's not going to win your ships, is he? Uh, no.
0: I, exactly not. He's probably not going to lose you a lot of weeks, which is why he's not a bad stream option. But, yeah. I, there's nothing to be excited about with Brissette. No upside at all. This next player is, is fascinating. So, his number 21 is Ryan Tannehill. Now, he's only down here due to the fact he played 11 games uh, as uh, a starter. Um, so and a couple of those were very early on, brand new system, brand new offense. Uh, He played when Mariota went down very early in the season. Um, It's really that run of the late games that really make the difference. So Tannehill had two MVP games, seven solid games, and he only busted twice, which is quite incredible, really, considering what we knew of Ryan Tannehill coming into this season, and hard to believe. But, the other thing is, whilst everyone was sitting there saying Ryan Tannehill was a league winner, he actually wasn't. He was good. He was very good. But he wasn't a league winner. He didn't get you many MVP weeks. He just put together solid weeks. He, he didn't, didn't lose, lose you games. Yeah, And, that is a, and we said this with, with Dak. When we had the debate over Watson and, and Prescott, if you had asked me before doing any research at all and looked at how points came about, I'm having Watson over Prescott every day. Mm. I start to look at the consistency, and then I start to look at the, the metrics behind it. I think, actually, I think I'd take I'd take Prescott, and I know he finished 12 points behind Watson, but it was a steady, deliverable outcome that he only busted twice. He had nine solid games, four MVP games. Listen to last week's show to hear that uh, that thinking behind it. Whereas Tannehill, again, very similar. Not many MVP games, but very, very few bust games. In fact, only Prescott's two and Jackson's one were in the realm of where he ended up. The question is, is he going to be the QB of Tennessee next year? Is he going to be able to sustain those numbers? There is an element of risk because we have an even smaller sample size of Tannehill being good than we have of any other (laughs) QB in this list. But if I'm sitting here late round, I, I think, first of all, people will overdraft Tannehill.
1: 100%.
0: I think people will draft last year's Tannehill and think that that is what they're getting. If you're drafting him in the 8th or 9th round, I think you're bonkers. I think if you take him in the 11th or 12th, I don't hate it. Because I think at that round, you're seeing what happens. And he's someone that you can get rid of and you can stream. And streaming is an effective option. That's basically the outcome of this exercise. But I don't hate taking Tannehill. Then just don't reach for him as a QB. People are going to spout you off that he was a QB3 down the stretch and all this. That That's fine. Very small sample size versus what we do know about Tannehill. And you can justify it was gays and it was Miami and, and all of that. <laughs> Ultimately, you can only go on what has been shown. Yep. So, bit of caution on Tannehill that he didn't win as many games as people are putting out. There is a narrative. But he didn't lose you games. If you want to draft him in the 11th, 12th round, uh, and he's the starter in Tennessee next year, I, I'm okay with it. I, I don't hate it. I don't love it, but I don't hate it. I understand it. I would, for me, rather get, if they're still there, a Kyler Murray, uh, Winston, if he's the QB in in Tampa. Uh, Daniel Jones. That's, that's an interesting one. If you said to me right now, Ryan Tannehill or Daniel Jones, I genuinely don't know which way I would go. Because Tannehill is the safer bet because of the fact he doesn't bust. Mm. But the upside is with Jones. And I think the way that I value the quarterback position, I would probably lean Jones because I'm not all that bothered about safety. Because if the QB's not doing the job, I'll cut them. Mm-hmm. It doesn't bother me Because I'll stream an option The rest of the season Yep In a Superflex league That's completely different In a Superflex league I would take Tannehill over Jones In a single QB league I'd probably take Jones over Tannehill Because I know Jones Is going to win me weeks And I'm not convinced That Tannehill is Okay Which leads me on to Jones We talked about him in depth Last week Here comes your sprinkle Four MVP games Six bus games One solid game so, again, I think he's a strong breakout candidate uh, for next season. I think he's someone that could very easily climb the ranks um, and could be someone very interesting to watch. Great weapons to go to with people like Barkley, who were injured for parts last season. Sterling Shepard, Golden Tate, if he's still there. Um, who's the other wide receiver there? Darius Slayton. Darius Slayton. Evan Ingram. Evan Ingram's. You know, they've got a lot of weapons there. To utilize, I think they probably get another one. Yeah, they draft the And I think that is—it's an interesting time. They have got a new offensive coordinator there, uh, and it's his second year in the league. So you, QBs tend to improve QB uh, year to year. So he's someone definitely of of interest for me. Twenty-three is our man with the fighter jet. It's Gardner Minshew.
1: <laughs> he's got a perfect mustache for it. As he well, he isn't
0: really he? does. So he finished um, two hundred nine point seven four points uh he finished with zero mvp games seven solid games 16 bust games
1: no five bust games
0: (laughs) no uh five bust games sorry (laughs) seven solid games five bust games so garda Minshew finished actually better than quite a lot of these qb's due to uh points per game he finished at minus five points behind the stream whereas we talked about uh rivers and we talked about cousins and garoppolo um so he's finished reasonably well. Daniel Jones, by the way, um, was minus three point six points per stream.
1: Tannehill would have been even less.
0: Tannehill was minus one point nine one. So those two of the second and a half QBs, there was only one QB who's not in this list that actually finished above all of those and actually finished with a positive points against streaming. Oh, Scott. please be Drew Lock. It's not Drew Lock. Uh, that's me out. He played eight games. I'm still out. Plays in the NFC. I'm
1: still out. Teddy Bridgewater. No, that was a random guess. He probably doesn't even play in that. He league.
0: is a starting QB normally in the league. Quite a long-term veteran.
1: Joe Flacco.
0: No, <laughs> <laughs> he didn't play eight games. I know. You As said probably did.
1: I don't know, Matt. Tell me. Matt Stafford. Oh, Matt Stafford. So
0: Matt Stafford in eight games accumulated 171.5 points over 16 weeks. Uh, he actually finished with a PAS metric of 0.23. Which doesn't sound all that impressive. But that put him fourth. Wow. Because I streamed quite well. Yeah. Um, Deshaun Watson was second at 0.93. Okay. So he finished above uh, Prescott in fifth at 0.08. And Winston in sixth at 0.04. Huh. Points per
1: stream. Go mate, Stafford.
0: So, yeah. But got to worry about injury and who they draft so that might be another sleeper pick but back to Minshew because i've not done him any any justice here um so he never really won you a week he never really lost you week uh i mean
1: but he lost you five he yeah five I mean, he, had, games. he
0: had some bus weeks but overall he wasn't he wasn't too bad um i think he's probably the starter next year uh, he could be an interesting uh, prospect to watch uh, next year. So I really like Minchu, but again, he's not someone I'd, he's on my radar to draft. But he's someone that I'd probably consider for a stream in a 1QB. In the 2QB league, I don't hate him. I think he's, you know, I haven't done my tears, but he'd probably be around that 16 17 mark in a 2QB league. So he's someone I would probably consider drafting in a 2QB league, but not in a 1QB. Uh, last QB on the list is Drew Brees. Drew Brees finished uh, the QB twenty four on the season. He did only play nine games in this match; he played ten overall. He had two MVP weeks, uh, five solid weeks, uh, three bus weeks. Um, he's back for one more year. We would expect so. Yeah, you can definitely draft him. I think he's probably the back end of a of a QB one. Mm-hmm. Um, again. Not much upside, not much downside, middle of the road. Pretty safe player. There's not a lot to really uh, add to mm. him. I think he is just... He's, he's a solid player. He, you know, He's declining the depth per target. I think you'll see the touchdowns be about where they are now. I think he doesn't throw a lot of picks. That's obviously a positive. Um, doesn't rush. Doesn't get a lot of touchdowns on the ground either, so... He's someone. If you're desperate in a one QB league, he will be drafted higher than you'll probably want to take him due to name proximity and the fact that he's on a good offense. But ultimately, pardon me, he's fine. Not a bad player. Not a great player from a fantasy perspective. Drew um, Brees. Yeah, take him. Take him around the end of the QB ones uh, as a safety option. Yep. Uh, again, he's someone that you can sort of say forget which isn't a bad it's not an underrated uh, quality for QBs but there is the risk of injury given his age mm. um, there is the risk that if the season's not going the way that the Saints want it to go that he probably fades out um, and they move in for a new guy I don't know so something to watch
1: 100% do you want to talk some kickers? I do before we talk kickers Murph saying that Matt Gay finished what number 4?
0: Four? 4 overall yeah
1: So if you fancy picking yourself up a Matt Gay shirt, because you are a Buccaneers fan, you should head over to NFLEurope.com, go to the shop, add your code 5YARDRUSH, get your 10% off your jersey, and thank us later.
0: Absolutely. And who wouldn't want a Matt Gay shirt? I've met him. Loving that. Is he tall? Not especially. Hmm. He's not short. He's not tall. He's about my height. That's
1: six foot. Some would say that was tall. Depends how short you are.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean nice guy, even though he's a Spurs fan.
1: Oh, let's move on.
0: (laughs) So, I'm not going to go into loads of detail, especially not the kind of detail done with uh, QBs, because they're kickers. Uh, (laughs) That's not shade, but there's a reason why. I'm going to read out the names of... I've done this on a points per game average. I feel like it's the fairest way. So, Bucko was first. um, He ranked first in total points and average points per game. In fact, all of these All these kickers, with the exception of Robbie Gould, played 16 games. Robbie Gould played 13 games. So, Butker finished first. He averaged 9.56 points per game. Will Lutz, uh, 9.38 points per game. Justin Tucker was third, 8.94 points per game. Robbie Gould was fourth, 8.46 points per game. Matt Gay finished fourth overall, but fifth in this list, uh, 8.38 points per game. Zane Gonzalez, 8.19 points per game. Matt Prater and Dan Bailey tied, 7.94 points per game. Tied. (laughs) Josh Lambert finished one point overall behind them, but he finished 7.88 points on average. Greg Zerline two points behind him, uh, 7.75. Joey Sly, 7.63 points per game on average. And Brandon McManus, 7.50. Now, if I was going on the total scoring list, um, Chris Boswell is the man I've taken out of this. Um, And then there's there's a great one. The difference between kicker 14 and kicker 15 was point zero one of a point, which sounds odd because it's kicking, right? But that's cause it was Jason Sanders and he threw the touchdown. <laughs> <laughs> so he reached one hundred and ten point one in fourteenth overall. And um, <laughs> <laughs> Robbie Gold finished with hundred and tenth in
1: fifteen.
0: Wow <laughs> I just thought that was quite funny. Um so yeah, the the reason I wanted to talk in average points per game is we've just listed twelve kickers there, that the kicker in first, Harrison Butker, 9.56 points per game. The kicker in twelfth um, in this list, Brandon McManus 7.50, that's two points a game.
1: Mm-hmm. Not a lot. No. And how does so, that do against your PAS?
0: Honestly, it is quite thin margins, so uh, the PAS metric for kickers, um, so Ironically, the top kicker against PAS was not Harrison Butker or any kicker that I named. Okay. Because he only played seven games. That's cheating. So, young Hoku finished top of the PAS metric. Uh, despite only playing seven games, he uh, he was 2.46 points over streaming. Uh, there was... That's quite a lot. That's two points a game. Two and a half points a game. Yeah, but
1: when you talked about the quarterbacks, some of them were like 0.3.
0: Yeah but the same lesson needs to be applied here there were 10 kickers that finished above my stream on a points per game average but that includes nick folk who played six games for the the patriots uh and he was 0.75 points per game he's probably not back next year mike badgley was also in there he was 0.46 points per game over the stream okay um I finished between Joey Sly and Matt Prater. You did? Yeah, that's where I, I came on the points per game. Average, um, ultimately, there's only three kickers that beat the points per stream average over uh, by two points. That was Koo, Butker, and Lutz. Matt Gay finished 1.28 points over the stream. Everyone else was under a point, and that included Justin Tucker.
1: So what you're saying is it isn't worth drafting
0: one? Correct. It? That's the ultimate bottom line takeaway, is that it is not worth... If you want to get Butker or Lutz or or Gay in the 16th round or Tucker in the 16th round, I'm okay with that. Ultimately, if you do not get one of those three or four guys, just don't draft one. There's just no point, because everyone between... I, I mean, Justin Tucker's in this list, but he's notoriously better than this. But everyone from Gold, Badgley, Gonzalez, Sly, Prater, Boswell... McLaughlin, Mayher, Zerline, Bailey, Lambeau, McManus, Myers, Siebert, all those players finished within a point either side of the stream.
1: So it's completely.
0: Completely pointless. You can pick up any of those guys week to week. A kicker is serviceable. Pick them up by matchup. I'm sure that you will I mean, that's where I, I picked by matchup. Ultimately, it's just a random position. It doesn't make a lot of difference unless you play custom scoring. If you play a custom scoring where missed field goals is increased, then you want to draft a kicker because you want to draft a guy like Tucker who doesn't miss. There's a value in that. But if it's the same as standard kicking scoring, just don't draft one. Unless you're in a league where you have to draft one, then that is the position that you draft last. Yeah,
1: otherwise it makes no sense. Correct.
0: There is more value in picking a DST than a kicker. And I'm not saying kickers don't matter, but drafting one doesn't matter. It, because you just you can just pick one up week to week. It doesn't, it's not going to change the outcome of your week. Yep. Drafting Butker in the 10th, 11th, 12th, 13th, or 14th rounds is dumb. It's just silly. It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't move the needle in a wins-to-replacement ratio. It's not going to do you any good. Because if you're gaining an advantage of one point a game over your opponent, or at max two points per game, you're not really benefiting all that much to really move the needle. And I know people say, well, you know, I lose matchups by 0.2 or 0.4. Yes, but if you draft a player in the 14th round who is a serviceable wide receiver, tight end, running back that player is more likely to move the needle for you. Even picking up a backup option like Mattison for Cook or picking up... You could have got... Trying to think, Raheem Mostert, you could have got in the 14th round last year. He is someone that would have moved the needle more, far more, yep. than what a kicker would have
1: done. Basically, what you're saying is draft somebody draft those points elsewhere as opposed to your kicker 100%
0: there's just no need and if you're in a league where they force you to draft all the positions and we're in one that is irritating do it with your last speak to your yeah speak to your commissioner first of all and, and just ask do I have to draft a kicker because if not take an extra skill position stack your bench if they do insist take it with the last pick just doesn't matter just pick a name doesn't overly matter who you take you know, if you can get Zerline, great. I mean, ultimately, all these guys. I mean, th- let's take, for example, this is how volatile the position is from a perspective. Who was the best kicker in fantasy football in 2018? Harrison Buck. No. Best overall kicker?
1: Justin Tucker. No, Z- uh, the leg. Greg the Z- leg. I don't know.
0: Kaimi be Fairben
1: uh, By a mile. And he wasn't even anywhere near this he year. He
0: was the. Uh.
1: So he's taking you so long, it doesn't even matter where he was. 17th? There you go. What you're saying is...
0: 16th? I think he was 16th overall.
1: So it doesn't matter.
0: No. absolutely. So he went from first to 16th in a year.
1: It's like a DST. Don't ever take the same DST high that was the first last year.
0: Absolutely not. I mean, there's a little bit more consistency with kicking with people like Bucker and Tucker finished in, in top fives consistently, but there isn't enough value to do it. There's not like... You're, you're just not getting the the payoff to do it. So just don't. And when we'll cover off when we do RBs or wide receiver twos. I'll drop DSTs in similar to how I've done kickers. No, but. I
1: cannot wait for those. I thoroughly enjoyed this series so far, Murph. Nice. It's been an absolute pleasure. I also cannot wait for Thursday's guest. Little spoiler alert. It's pre-recorded. They were very selective on the times they could do so. We did it before this one. But it is coming out on Thursday. And let me tell you, it is an absolute belter. There is a couple of surprise topics in there which I won't ruin, but you will massively enjoy. <laughs> Don't forget to head over to HelmetHouse.co.uk to get your authentic, autographed helmets. Use the code Five Yard for five percent off your order. Also, once you've done that, and like uh, if you're going to get yourself a Matt Gay jersey, head over to the NFL Europe shop. Code again, Five Yard Rush, ten percent off over there. What have I forgotten? Anything?
0: Uh, we need some reviews.
1: Yeah, we we that need some. Well. Yeah, please do provide us with a little five star review on iTunes. We would massively appreciate it.
0: Any update on the shop?
1: It's coming. I've seen a live photo—not live—a photograph of what it will look like live. Ooh. It's a—it's a sexy little number. So it is coming, Rush Nation.
0: Do we have a rough date?
1: No. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to say a date and then get <laughs> pushed back. It's just not fair to you guys. I know you want it. I want it. I want another T-shirt. Now, talking of T-shirts. Yeah. Uh, little spoiler alert. If you haven't seen, this is the the League winners t-shirt. Murph and I both have one just saying we won two of our leagues. But the others are in the post. So if you won one, hold tight. It is coming. I promise. I did send them. Yeah, that's it, man. Let's roll. Wagons wagons roll. Wheels up. Let's hit the hay. Follow us on Twitter at 5 Rush If you don't already, you're missing out. But until Thursday, Rush Nation, don't forget, you keep rushing.
0: sales.